Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Now, this is one of my favorite things to do. I'm in one of my favorite places doing one of my favorite things is talking to you guys about Jesus. And here's my goal. This is my honest goal. My goal is to help you this week see God clearly so you can learn to know God intimately. And in this, I want to help you discover the life that God intends for you to live. We're talking about this idea of God in this kingdom tapestry. And can I just tell you for a second? I hear a lot of like misinformed talk about God. When I was growing up, I heard a lot of talk about God like he was kind of like this like cosmic ruler. Like my understanding of God was basically that God was this like rule giver in the sky, laying out these arbitrary boundaries. And if anybody ever transgressed those things or had too much fun, he was there to like slap them and get them back in line and make sure you could punish them eternally because they crossed his lines and they violated his boundaries. I guess you could say I thought of him like primarily as like a cosmic ruler or like the fun police. Anybody ever thought of God that way? I hope not. I I certainly had. People kind of taught me that. And I was like, I'm not so sure. And I want to suggest, over the course of this week, a much better metaphor. Now, first of all, all talk of God is metaphor. It's, It's human beings with our limitations reaching for the transcendent. And we can talk at length about the ontological advantage of wonder and awe. And I just used some big words to make some of them talking about. Guys, you were designed to reach for things beyond your understanding. You were designed to reach for the eternal and the transcendent, for the very essence of God, because you were made by God and for God to know God and to be known by God, to be joined in relationship with God through the person of Jesus. And when you find this, you find it's like you're connecting to the very source of life. You find the very definition of human flourishing, what thriving was supposed to look like. And I'm telling you, If you've never done this before, it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable to change. I I first encountered God in a personal way when I was like 15, maybe 14 years old, and uh, it was an incredible thing. I've never turned back. It's been an awesome thing. And so whether you're here and you're struggling, whether you're you're here and you're strong, whether you're here and you're trying to recover from this collective trauma that we all endured over the past few years, or whether you're here and you're thriving, you're doing great, I want you to take one step further. I want you to stay open and stay curious because I believe there's a God and I believe he wants to meet with you. This God is amazing. It's amazing. This metaphor we're using this week is this idea of the, of the kingdom tapestry. Do you know what a tapestry is? It's a woven piece of art. There's all these different threads and wefts that, that come together to form some picture. And you might have have one like up in your room right now. I'm not sure if you do or not. That's kind of like a trendy thing to do because Pinterest is a thing. And you put these things up on your wall. Well, what we're talking about here is like, think about this. God as the architect or the artist behind the very fabric of history, taking our individual life stories, our individual choices, which could branch out in infinite numerous directions, and somehow, because he is who he is, he is an artist at work, the architect of redemption. He can take all of these things, including our sin, our failure, our shortcomings, those moments where we chose selfishness instead of love, and he can somehow guide history toward his goals and his ends. This is a remarkable God that we're talking about. And I think a much better metaphor than the rule giver in the sky 
is this idea that he's an artist. He's an artist. And in you, in your life, in your story, he does his best work. He does his very best work. I want you to understand this. Look at this. This is the Apostle Paul wrote this. This is incredible. This is in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to begin in verse 1, and we're going to go through this. We're going to come back to this passage this week, so it's a lot to digest. We're going to take it in bite-sized, you know, little portions, because that's how you eat something bigger than you, right? One bite at a time. Here we go, all right? As for you, Paul's writing now to, to a bunch of people who have just learned to trust Jesus. They've learned to trust Jesus, and so because of that, they're coming alive in him in a way that, you know, honestly, they never could have imagined before. They're discovering flourishing and, and thriving in a way they could never have understood before. He says, you were dead. It was like you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the rule of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature, deserving of wrath. Now, hear me for a second. Have you ever felt this way? Have you ever felt like, honestly, like, yeah, okay, you're talking about God like I can know him. There might be a God. You might be true. I mean, I, that, I couldn't go there in terms of, you know, intellectual possibility. But if there is a God, he seems distant and unconcerned, far from me. Or maybe you even would go so far as to recognize, like, yeah, if there's a God, I'm not so sure he wants to know me. Because I don't even know if I like me. So if I don't like me, why would God like me, much less love me? And I've had some of those thoughts before. Honestly, I've struggled through some of those very things before. But listen, this is where it turns just so beautifully. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. When we were at our worst, God gave his best. And listen to what he says, it's by grace. This is an incredibly important word. Grace, a gift you didn't deserve. Something you, it was, it was this extravagant gift that you never could earn on your own. And it came to you because of the merit of another and the generosity of that other, not yours. By grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ. And he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. There's no distance between you and God because of what Jesus has done. Whatever gap was there has been dealt with in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. In other words, God did all this because he's just showing off. He's just that awesome. I don't know if you know any artists. You can't stop them from creating. You can't stop them. Do you know anyone, I don't care what their trade is, I don't care what their craft is, do you know anyone that you would consider a master at that? Think about it for a second. Think about it. Think about it. someone at the very height. I mean, like you talk about Michael Jordan on the basketball court. You talk about like, I mean, like a chef, a master chef in the kitchen. I'm talking about like a painter, a sculptor, a musician, somebody who is just like, man, they are doing what they are doing. I knew a bus driver like this once. His name was Carl. What do you say about Carl? When Carl 
You got into his bus. He was putting on a glove. And I saw Michael Jackson do that once in a concert, and it was crazy cool. And I'm like, what are you doing with gloves? And he would say, you know what? 99% of car accidents happen when the driver's not wearing gloves. Think about that for a second. True. I don't know if it's the same thing. I don't know, Carl. I don't, I don't really know that I'm smelling what you're stepping in, Carl, but whatever. Putting on his gloves. I mean, this guy was so serious about what he did. He was a master. He was an artist at work. It was amazing. God wants to show his glory through giving us this grace in, in the coming ages. This is amazing. Listen, this is working. It's just so cool. Listen, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. Not from yourself. It's a gift of God. Not by works. You didn't earn this. You can't boast. For we, listen to what this says. Listen, listen, listen. This is the verse I want you to hear. Just land on tonight. For we are gods, and Paul uses a word here that is one of these words. I don't say this to impress you that I studied you know, biblical languages for seven years, which is true. But I say this, which is, by the way, it's the worst thing. It's just, college is forever. It just goes on and on and on. And let me tell you another secret thing about studying theology. No one wants to give you any money. It doesn't even matter how many degrees you get. Just stop. So it's like, okay, you, for the Lord. Okay. Anyway, that's the point. Listen, he uses a Greek word here. and The Greek word is poemar. Beautiful word. Uh, we don't have its equivalent in English. We struggle. That's why you pick up 10 translations of the Bible. You're going to get like eight different words in this place. This translation, I think, says handiwork. Other words would be like workmanship. What does that even mean, workmanship? Come on now. It's handiwork? That's, not, that's wrong. That sounds like, you know, handyman or whatever. The word is something closer to masterpiece. If, it, if he was a composer, this would be his opus, right? If, if he was a painter, this is, this is the thing he's been tinkering with and working on. Have you seen the guy who has a classic car in his garage and he cannot wait to get to that restoration project. And he goes on eBay and he finds just the right parts to make it just so, and he works on it. And it's just amazing. When he finally pulls the thing out of the garage, he stands back with the sense of satisfaction and delight and wonder and artistry because he sees that, look what I did. It is good. This, this is the word that Paul uses. It's this word for artistic mastery. It's this word for a, a, this personal project he cannot wait to work on. We, those who are learning to trust Jesus, Paul says, we are that to God. So God feels about us. He just can't wait to work on our lives. And if your life is like my life, it can be kind of a mess. Maybe you have it all together. I certainly don't. You guys, I do things like break my Achilles tendon trying to impress my wife I've been married to for 20 years. You think by now I would just be secure enough to know she stays with me. Right, guys? I mean, can we be honest for a second? It's not my good looks. Right? It's just because she's chosen to love me. I don't deserve it, but she just picked me. Who knows why? Prayer and fasting, maybe. I don't know. I'll just be honest with you. It isn't the fasting. (laughs) Prayer and eating, I wish, was the command. I'm good at that part. I would be so good at that spiritual discipline, Lord. I just want to sign up for that right now. We are God's handiwork, his masterpiece, his poemar, 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. All right, let me break this down. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this for the rest of, of our time together. i got three thoughts and we're done here tonight. Okay, number one. We. We were created intentionally. You were made with incredible intentionality by a God who is good, who is an artist at the, at the, at the pinnacle of his craft. This is a God who delights in you. And, and sometimes we tell ourselves these lies that like our satisfaction and our joy are in competition with God and his glory. But here's the truth of it. God delights in you so much that he locates his joy inside of your delight. Some of you just you didn't pick up what I just laid down, okay? God loves you so much. Okay, he's like the dad that gets excited. You want to know what my favorite thing is in all of the earth? My son's laugh. Oh, you guys, it is electric, pure joy. It comes from a place in his soul that I've forgotten how to find within myself. It just comes out of him. It just bubbles forth in this electric, contagious joy. And in, in his delight, I locate my joy. And that's how God feels about you, dear one. He loves you. He loves you to the point where he would do anything to close the distance between you and him. He will deal with any barriers that stand between you and him. And I know that you are imperfect and I know that you have some hangups and I, hey, can we talk about it just for a second? Can we just get real, real, real tonight? None of us are really okay right now. You guys, what just happened? This, this is the craziest time in my life, and I'm none of your business years old. I just, this, I've never had a, a 36-month period like we just encountered together. And here's, this is the craziest part of the crazy two, three, I don't know how long it is. What year is it even? 2020 has lasted forever, right? It's the year that never ends. It just keeps going and going and going. And it's nonstop. And I, we just... We're so, we're like, we like live in a washing machine now on spin cycle. We can't keep track of which way's up and which way's down. We don't even know what's going on. And none of us even can feel special about how bad it's hurt us because it's hurt all of us together. So we have like a shared point of trauma and none of us can even say like, hey, that hurt, that stuck because everyone's like, yeah, get in line, pal. Take a number, me too. Guys, this is the worst. And, and we're not doing so well. We're not struggling so well. And yet God loves us. What I believe about you and I want to remind you for a moment is that God, when he looks at you, he sees something he created with incredible intentionality. I want you to soak in this truth and I want you to live in this. I want you just to embrace it. I want you to open your heart to the possibility that God loves you. That God loves you, okay? Now to get there, we got to overcome some hurdles and that's number two because yeah, you were created intentionally, but you were also corrupted thoroughly. Part of the big story of Scripture is the fact that it's not all right. It's not okay. That something is broken inside of us, and it's more than just mistakes that we make and, and arbitrary rules that we violate. There's a sickness in us that's beyond our ability to heal. There's, there's a brokenness in this world, and it's, it's hurting us, and it's hurting others. And it's hurting this world that God created so beautifully. It hurts. Paul's trying to get there in Ephesians. 
that we're in a mess beyond our ability to clean it up. We're, we're sick beyond our ability to heal. Like Paul said it like this, by, we are by nature deserving of wrath. And if you look around for a minute, you kind of know this is true. Now I just want to just time out for a second, okay? First night of camp. Here's what I think I know about you. You have all these stories that are going on in your head right now because something's not quite right with each of us, right? Some of you are like a little insecure just about this whole thing. I don't know if I have any friends here yet. I don't know what's going to happen yet. Some of you have already like kind of figured out like there's like, you know, the, 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 there's a jungle in the social structure of camp etiquette and you've already kind of figured out like who are the mean girls going to be and the it girls going to be and how does this all work. And guys, I hate to break it to you. Most of us aren't emotionally intelligent enough to even pick up on this dance that's actually happening right now. Okay, but ladies, you know, right? There's this whole dance and it's going on. You hope you have a friend. You hope you find somebody. Who am I going to sit with? How does this work? Do I like my counselor? Do I think I smell nice? I, all the things are happening, right? Here's what I want to say. You have it within you to be terrible. You do. All of you do. You can be so terrible and so selfish and the darkness inside of you will hurt people and it will hurt you and it will hurt God and this is how it works. Guys, there's something in us that's not quite right. Scripture calls it our sinful nature. We're going to explore this a little bit on Tuesday night. Guys, this, this, is, this is an issue. But here, here's where it gets awesome. Here's where it gets just so good, right? This is where, where Paul turns this. He said, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. You know, he knows you at your worst. He knows the thoughts that you think and the choices that you make. He knows the selfishness that you will choose. He knows that when circumstances are right, you will do wrong and you will do it over and over again. And you will actually do this. It's a little bit like, you know, my son and I used to play this game when he was little. And we would, I would be building something out of Legos. And he thought it was funny to like smash whatever I was building. You guys ever play this game? What the heck? You guys are so old. Why are you smashing your dad's Legos? He was like two. This guy's like 16. Yeah, I totally smashed my dad's Legos. Just smash them. Lego smash. You don't got to be Hulk all the time, man. Just let, a, let, the, let your dad build some Legos. But here, this is the best part. Here, this is what I'm telling you guys. Listen. Here's, here's how good God is. I'm actually a better Lego builder than my son is a Lego breaker. Did you hear me? I was like, try it, kid. You're two. I'm none of your business years old. You might be trying to destroy what I'm trying to build, but watch me build better than you can destroy. It's amazing. Here's what I'm going to tell you. God is better at saving us than we are at sinning. Jesus is better at redeeming us than we can be at running from him. He's so good at this. He is a master at work. He is an artist. And, and you are a work of art when you place your life in his hands. This is what happens. God is the architect of redemption. He is the weaver of the fabric of time. And he can take each of your individual stories and he wants each and every one. He wants each and every one because you have no idea the role that God has for you to play. The, the unique parts of God's very image, his essence, his character, he left stamped on your heart by virtue of your creation. You have the very fingerprints of God on you and even your sin cannot undo that because the redemption of Jesus is such. 
His work on the cross on your behalf is such that it cancels out your sin and the death that grows from the root of it. It cancels that out. This is what God does so well. In Christ, we can be reclaimed. We can be redeemed. He can take the trash of our stories and lives and make it into something unspeakably beautiful. I have a chef who's an uncle. His name is Santino Polidoris. You have to say it with this or it doesn't work. You know what I'm talking about? Santino Polidori. I visit him because I'm his favorite nephew. I should be your favorite nephew too, but that's okay. This is why I'm his favorite nephew. I will eat everything he makes because he is a master chef. I, I come to his house on Sunday nights. People gather for Santino on Sundays. They call it just gather, and he just does something, and I love it. If I'm ever in, in, in the area of Detroit, I say, hey, uncle, what are we making on Sunday? And I go. I showed up at his house one time at like midnight. I walk in. There's still a feast happening. Everybody's cracking open bottles of wine. You, I, they can do that. You can't. There's pasta. There's all these things happening. I get to talking with him, and I'm just kicking back. Oh, what did you make? And he makes, he heats up some, his food is amazing. At this point, it's 2 in the morning. And I said, hey, uncle, how was your week? And he said, oh, it was the best week I've had in forever. I said, why? And he said, because I have a friend. His name is Joe DeVita. He's a 92-year-old master pastry chef. He retired years ago, and he's bored out of his mind, and he called me up, and he said, Santino, I'm bored. I'm going to die if I can't cook something. And he said, are you telling me you want to cook some cannolis right now? And Joe DeVita, a 92-year-old patient, said, yes, I need it. I need to cook some cannolis. I need to make some cannolis. And so he said, I sat under the tutelage of Joe DeVita, a 92-year-old master pastry chef. He taught me how to make cannolis this week, all week long. And I looked at him and I said, Uncle Santino, do you love me? And he said, yes, I do. I said, if you love me, you will feed me these cannolis. And he said, they're at the restaurant. And I said, why are we here? He said, it's 2 in the morning. Are you saying we should go to the restaurant? And I said, he's a 92-year-old master pastry chef. Let's get in the car right now. He said, I've been drinking wine all night. I said, I can drive. We drove to the restaurant at 2 in the morning. We opened the doors of the restaurant at 2 in the morning. We turned on the lights. We pulled them out of the fridge. And I had, Lord Jesus, help me describe this well. Okay. It was a luscious bite of food. The shell, it was, it was crispy. The filling. Lord, I, I can't. I, I, need, I need your help. It was, a, it was an act of worship what he did. It was for the glory of God what he did. What he did, this is what he did. He allowed the architect of redemption to work through his hands. And he became in that moment a very work of art in the hands of his creator. And when he put on display his masterpiece, it brought glory to the God that has made each of us, given each of us by virtue of our creation and by the cross of Christ, the privilege to be named his masterpiece. And Joe DeVita was an artist at work and a work of art. And I, I witnessed it. I witnessed it. This is what I did. 
Now listen, I make no promises about cannolis showing up at any point in this camp experience for you, okay? But here's what I want, here's what I'm gonna tell you. There's a God. There's a God that loves you personally, that delights in you uniquely, that wants to redeem even the broken bits of your story. And if you learn to lean into this and trust it, I'm telling you, you could meet this God this week because he's reaching for you in the person of Jesus. That's what my prayer is for you. We got a lot of wonderful experiences we're going to have. We have a lot of time ahead of us. Let's pray. God, the architect of redemption, the artist behind creation, the one who spoke and universes appeared. The one who, because of your great imagination, created the sunsets and, and, and the oceans and the, and the mountains and the, the splendor of creation. And yet, we as human beings, the ones created in your very image, created to create, imagined to imagine, you gave the life of your son to redeem us from our brokenness, to restore us with artistic precision, with joyous delight. We place our lives in your hands. We trust you, Jesus our King. Amen. Thank you guys. We're going to continue having a conversation all week. I'm going to turn it back over to the ranch. You guys were incredible. Everybody say thank you, Justin. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.